I want to talk to you about living from the future. And I'm going to explain that, what that means in a minute. And today's a little bit out of the box. Is that all right? And I, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, in 2019, we may end up doing some things different in our services. Why, 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 Pastor? What do you mean? Because I believe we get into a mold where we're not making disciples even on Sunday. And we're not even engaging our brain. I don't mean that ugly or I'm not talking down to you. I mean, we come and listen to a message and by Tuesday we forgot it. And we're not having devotional consistency or we're not thinking about the message while the message is being preached. We're, and today I'm going to make you think just a little bit. And I'm going to challenge you in a different way today that, that is really out of the box. Is that all right? Quickly, I just want to just hit three things real quick. I'm excited about my sacred season. My sacred season is our 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up starting Monday, January 7th, when Alabama wins the national championship. And uh, <laughs> now look, I went from the spirit to the flesh just like that. Did you hear that? And it's going to be amazing 21 days. The church will be open from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. for two hours. And then at night, 6 p.m. to uh, 8 p.m., Bring your family, bring your friends, come pray with your ministry. If you're a ministry leader, organize your ministry to come together and pray together. Organize a time with your family or your friendships, the college ministry youth. Come together. I know many people are gone today and our youth are gone today, but organize that. It's going to be 21 uh, days of just really grabbing the hem of his garment. Uh, if you don't understand fasting, we have some CDs out there. Fasting is not trying to prove something to God. Uh, fasting, uh, simply put in my mind, especially if you live in my mind, is about removing the clutter. You know, anybody's file cabinet ever get full with files are like falling out right up here. And fasting is about removing some of the files that don't need to go into 2019. And, and reorganizing what's going on in your life and in your brain before God and putting priorities in order and organizing what the Holy Spirit is saying. Uh, it, it's almost like uh, if you ever listen to a radio station and it has a lot of fuzz and it's breaking up and you back in the olden days you had to tune it just right some of y'all don't know what that's like but back in the day you used to have to turn it just a little just a pinch to get the signal to come through fasting is about adjusting the dial so that you hear the frequency of heaven come into your life and God is able to speak with a megaphone and I will warn you that fasting will cause ugly stuff to rise up It'll cause, uh, it'll cause things to manifest, but you want that to happen so that the dross is scraped off of the top so that you come out pure gold when God is done with 21 days. Anybody excited about my sacred season? My sacred season. It's going to be amazing. And then the other thing is, who's ready to get healthy in 2019? And I debated on mentioning this, but I decided I'm going to mention it and it's all right. Uh, pastor Christie and I not only pastor people spiritually, but we pastor people in the soulless realm and in the body realm. And you'll see today that God has transformed my body, getting healthy because I want to finish what God has called me to do. And if you want to get healthy today at 3 o'clock or 6 o'clock, meet me at, the cap, at Hotel Capstone. And we're going to talk about health and nutrition and habits of transformation in your life. You could come at 3 o'clock or 6 o'clock to Hotel Capstone. And let me just tell you this. We will get you healthy. If you want to get healthy spirit, soul, and body, which you can shout all day long, but if your mind is not right, if your emotional intelligence is low and not high, 
then you'll lose 30 pounds in January and gain it back by March. So today I'm going to show you how to engage your mind with your body, and this time you'll lose weight and you'll keep it off. Let the church say amen. amen. Who's ready for the word? Somebody say, live from the future. It's out of the box. I wore my futuristic outfit. Is that all right? Christy looked at me when I walked in the bathroom. She said, what you got? What's, I said, it's all right. It's going to fit the sermon. We're going to live from the future. Tap somebody. Say, we're living from the future. Now, Father, just confirm your word in Scott's life and everybody's life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Look at this word in, in Philippians 3. And I'll let you be seated in just a minute. Let's check this out in the Message Bible. Thank you, worship ministry. Check the, oh, you turn the lights out on me. Keep them up on me if you would. Keep them this way too. Um, listen to this in Philippians 3. Who had a great Christmas, by the way? There you go. Did you get what you wanted? Mm-mm. Who's ready for 2019? Who's going into 2019 like a boss? Come on. All right. Philippians 3 says this, and I know you know this in the King James Version, so bear with me. I don't read often from the Message Bible, but I really want to read it from the Message Bible. It's not taken out of context at all. But listen to this. I'm not saying that I have it all together, that I have made it, or I have it made, but I am well uh, on my way. Reaching out for Christ, there's the key right there, who has so wondrously reached out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eyes on the goal. Somebody said the goal. Somebody said the goal. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us Onward, or that upward call is what Paul talks about, the upward call to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not, and I'm not, I said, and I'm not. I need to go old school, touch three people, say, I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. I ain't turning around. I ain't turning around. I ain't turning around. You may be seated. I got my eye on the goal. Jesus, where God is beckoning me to an upward call. And this time, the difference in 2019, we don't need another end of the year message of, oh, I'm getting excited for 2019. We don't need another exciting message. We need to get our mind right while we get our heart right. Oh, help me, somebody. And this time, the difference will be, I'm going to prophesy right here, and you can grab it if you want as you're taking notes. Please take notes today because you're going to need to take That this time, I'm not turning back, which means this time, I'm going to stay consistent in 2019. I'm not going to go to the gym for the first three weeks and fall off the deep end by February. Oh, I got, about, I got a few moans and groans and all this kind of stuff. No, no, I'm, you got to understand where your current reality is first before you can go somewhere. You got to admit to where you are right now before you can get to where you're going. And if you're in denial, I said if you're in denial about where you are, you'll never get to where you're going. 
there's a way to admit to where you're going without being in the drama triangle and going toxic and going a victim and a villain. Because a lot of people, when they think about what's wrong in their life, they go to the drama triangle and they become a victim, a villain, or a hero. Instead of going to the empowerment triangle, there's a way to admit to where you are in your life right now. And there's some things in your life that you're unsatisfied with without going to this messy zone. There's a way to admit that I need help in my life without going into depression. And that's all about getting your mind right so that you can get to where you're going. Help me, somebody. Somebody say, live from the future. Paul says, I says, I've got my eye on the goal. In 2019, just like we have in 18, we're not going to put new banners up. We may have to put some stickers over the word 2018 because I told the staff, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to keep focused on our goal, which is Jesus. Anybody going after Jesus this year? Trust me, he's the one you want to go after. You don't want to go after anything else or anyone else in life but Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Hit somebody, say keep your eyes on Jesus. And as we make our final exit in the next couple days of 2018 and we step into 2019, you need to understand where you're going and what your goals are and what your future, somebody say future, is in Christ. What is your future in Christ? I firmly believe with all of my heart as I wrote this message that this house is an incubator for world changers and history makers. I wish everybody would say amen to that about yourself, whether you feel it or not, whether you're 16 or you're 60. That this house, not because of Scott, but by the grace of God, God has kissed this place. And the mission of this house is to make you the best version of yourself that you could ever be. Oh, help me, somebody. Not the worst version of yourself. Not a mediocre version of yourself. You were made for more, whether you feel it or not. Now, you can live in the victim triangle of how you were raised and what happened to you in the past all day long. But as long as you are living in the past, you can never move to your future. You've got to quit nursing yourself off the milk of your past and start eating the milk and drinking the milk of your future, which is in God's word. Somebody say, live for the future. This house is an incubator. It's a breeding ground. It's a breeding ground for people with high callings. And I am one of them, and so are you. You are not here in this place today simply because you decided to come to church. But God is wanting to speak something into your life. And he's using me to speak in a vessel. But what I speak today is the word of the Lord for your life for 2019. And God has called you to live from the future. Live from the future. Growing up in the church, and I'm not a church basher because I love the church with all of my heart, for Christ gave himself up for her. But growing up in the church, there have been things in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s that to me has not been the right mentality that I have seen now being 47 years old and growing up in the church since I was born. Seeing many different moves and many different revivals, many different sermons 
many different things that take place in the body of Christ. And you'll never find a move of God that's perfect because you're in it. And you'll never be able to put God in a box and say God should move this way. The moment you do that, he moves a different way. You and I will never figure God out because his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours. But I've seen so many times in the church that says in order to be a Christian that you almost have to lose your individuality. That you almost have to forego creativity and excellence and passion. You have to give up on your personal dreams and goals and it should not be a, it should not be a goal to somehow succeed as a businessman or a businesswoman or to succeed with a ministry that is in the marketplace and outside the four walls of this church. Can I, can I tell you that the move of God that is about to happen is in the streets? That I've seen in the church, unless you fit a certain template, you can't be what God has created you to be. Unless you forego your individuality, your personal gifts, your, even your idiosyncrasies, your differences, that God is not able to use you. That you have to give up on your goals and your dreams. That you're not able to succeed for God in sports. That you're not able to succeed for God in arts and entertainment and theater. That you're not able to be a voice for God in politics. Boy, do we need that. That you're not able to be all that God's created you to be in the realm of education and higher education. In other areas of life that are outside of the box. Can I tell you that God is outside of the box? Can I tell you that you need to get outside the lines? Come on, somebody. Can I tell you that God's mentality is not what I just read to you? That God's mentality is for you to be something and he dares us to believe something, to be something that's even greater that's ever been done before. That God is outside of the box. God is the ultimate dream fulfiller. Satan is the dream stealer. God is the ultimate dream fulfiller. Satan is the ultimate dream stealer. And I'm... Seeing in the body of Christ where so many people have bought into a mentality that's even sold by religion that says you can't be something different. That you can't do something that's never been done before. That this is the way a preacher should be that pastors the church. That this is the way a business person ought to be. That this is the way so-and-so needs to be. That this is how you should preach. Let me just tell you that God is a God that is really, really big. God is a God that takes who you are, that takes your humanity Humanity and mixes it with his divinity and to become something very he doesn't act you ask you to forsake your humanity or your personality or your individuality or your gifts oh, I'm preaching real good I thank God for examples that are rising up in the body of Christ that are going outside of the box you see I had to make up mine, my mind this year it doesn't matter what people think what matters is what my God says. Because if you have the fear of man, if you have the fear and the phobia of what men and women think, you'll be bound for the rest of your life. Because man loves to put people in boxes. Your family loves to make sure you don't succeed because they haven't succeeded. Somebody say live 
from the future. I didn't say in the future. I said from. Oh, my goodness. Trailblazers. People that decide to do something different that I could name, even the Sam Waltons, the Truett Cathy's of Chick-fil-A, the people that said, you know what, God is able to use me in a different way. In the marketplace, in the arts and entertainment, I personally, if I wasn't a pastor, would be in media and television because I've done it before and I love it. I love theater. My kids were in theater. I love things outside the box. And who says you have to do one thing? Hit somebody say you're multi-talented and you don't even know it. Say, say this to them. Say, get rid of your tunnel vision. Expand your landscape. That's what today is about. Today is about in this message, hopefully awakening intrinsically what God made you to be according to Psalm 139. Awaken inside of you intrinsically who God has created to be. Many of you, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it. This room, everybody has a high calling. It's not about the preacher and them and they. It's not about the caller. It is about who God has made you to be. And we've bought into some paradigm. We've bought into something that says it looks like this in the body of Christ when God says that's the very thing that's stopping you from reaching the world. Whether it's sports, entertainment, bodybuilding, fitness, whatever it is, inventions that have never been created because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of creativity. Satan can never make an invention or create an invention. He can only take what was created for God and pervert it for his glory. Say live from the future. For Genesis 1 says how God thinks about us. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth. Before the fall, we have dominion. Jesus restored dominion over every creeping thing. You even have dominion over all the creeps that creep on the earth. So God created man in what? In what? We were created like, like God. We are not God. We are little g. He's big g. Must always keep that right. But we were created in his image, in his likeness, with his attributes. Last time I checked, God doesn't fail in anything. Win, 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 win. Win, 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 win. All God does is win. Mm, 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 mm. I can see some of your wheels are turning, but the hamster's dead. I'm telling you right now. Because when you start speaking like this, you got half the religious crowd going, oh, and oh, 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 because we, we feel better getting beat up. Sometimes you, you, you want to out of slavery, but you enjoy being one. And so when you hear life being spoke, you go, danger will rob us in danger. 
This can't be. Is God really this way? I'm reading the word of God. He gave you dominion. Read verse 28. And he blessed them. This is not some Christian. I'm blessed. Highly favored of the Lord. God blessed us. Somebody say, I am blessed. Do it again. I am blessed. My family is blessed. My house is blessed. My life is blessed. My finances are blessed. My children are blessed. Somebody say blessed. Because he said it. Not the preacher. Not the evangelist trying to get an offering. God said, Scott and my family are blessed. Your family is blessed. Ephesians 3.20. New Testament. Tells me what's happening. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within me. Talk about it, Paul. Is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly. Somebody say super abundantly. That's not just abundance. That's super abundance. He's able to do super abundantly far above, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely. Infinitely. This is a correct translation, by the way. This is not taken out of context of the original. To think infinitely beyond our highest prayers. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. God's desires, our thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Simply put, listen to this, please, because God dropped us, even kept nailing it while I was down here in prayer. Simply put, there is not, no other, there's no other person more behind your dreams and your goals than God himself. There is no other person cheering you on. My God, I feel like running. There is no other person cheering you on right now about you. God is madly in love with you. He made a huge purpose and destiny and assignment on you. Now, you have, may have hills and valleys and all kinds of stuff, but when will we, when will we start, stop cursing the past but embracing the past and where we're headed and using it for his glory instead of going to the drama triangle and playing victim till we die? Help me, somebody. There's no other person 
I kept thinking about this morning. Even there's a, there's a certain new movement in the church today that, that says for you to have your own goals and dreams is not godly. That, that just simply, it almost portrays God as this mean God at home saying, you just do what I tell you to do and then you'll get to heaven. Do my will. That is true. But, but do I do that with my kids? My will for my kids is for them to be all that God has created them to be and to fulfill what God has put in their life. That's my will. That's God's will for our life. But we, we, there's this new movement that, hey, a Christian should not have fun. A Christian should not have personal goals and dreams. And let me tell you what, that is messed up. Because God takes what he destined you for and uses it for his goals and his dreams and his will. Help me, somebody. Hit somebody real hard and say, you were made for more. Yeah, bruise them real good, just one good time. Because there needs to be a mark on you that says you were made for more. You are branded for more. You are branded. You are branded. You are branded. You've been branded by God when you were born with a birthmark from God that says, I have made you for a higher purpose. But you must live from the future. 1 Corinthians Two says this, this is why the scriptures say things never discovered or heard of before. Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Do you hear that? Please read that again. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who, cons- who constantly explores all things. I have not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for you. But God, how does he reveal those dreams and those visions by the Holy Spirit? So please don't get me wrong. We need, we must, we must have the Spirit of God, the Spirit of creativity, The spirit that empowers every dream and every goal to be alive inside of us. For he will guide us into all truth while we are going after our dreams. So that while you're going after your dreams and your goals, you won't enter into lust. Psalm 37. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he will give You, desires and secret petitions of his heart, of his heart. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say of his heart. God doesn't take away your individuality. God doesn't take away your heart. You know, the world says follow your heart. I am totally behind that statement as long as your heart is after God. But when your heart is after God, trust your heart. God isn't some mean God saying, I'm not going to let you do what you want to do. No, he put that desire intrinsically inside of you for fitness, for business, for sports, for for writing, for music, whatever it is. He put that desire inside of you and he wants to awaken it for his glory. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your, somebody say, my heart. That's my daddy. That's my father. 
He isn't some mean father saying, you better just do what I tell you to do and suck it up till heaven. Oh, my goodness. Psalm 90 says, so teach us to number our days. That we may get a heart of wisdom. I read that last week and I was like, man, Jesus, help me, Lord. Make the most of every hour, every second, every minute, every day. Can I ask you a question? Are you making the most of your life? I'm going to tell you, there's people in this room that are over 50 years old that I pray in the name of Jesus that you've went to sleep on your dreams, that you'll wake back up. Ask yourself, remember current reality? Remember a conscious leader, not unconscious? A conscious leader is aware of the current reality. An unconscious leader, an unconscious person is oblivious to where they are and everybody else knows where they are but themselves. But a conscious person is able to embrace their current reality and answer that question and say, Pastor, no, I'm not. I am not making the most of my life. God help me. So I'm asking you one more time. Are you making the most of every day of your life? Are you living the life God created for you to the fullest? Are you living from the future? Anybody love science fiction? Are there any science fiction crazy folk up in here? Because usually them folk are crazy. They go to like conferences where they dress up and all that kind of stuff. My dad used to love to watch Star Trek. Anybody else? I'm talking about the first Star Trek. The real one. Parkour. No, I don't remember that one. Y'all remember that used to freak me as a kid. He'd turn his wife on. Y'all don't remember that. I don't remember that. You have to look up that. that that's a great one. That's a great one. So I want to ask you. I, I, even, I love futuristic shows. I, I used to love the show Quantum Leap. Anybody remember the show Quantum Leap? Anybody remember Quantum Leap? I don't know. Those type of shows really got me excited about the future. And going into the future and seeing the future and knowing things. Did you know that by the Holy Spirit you can know your future? That you don't have to live unconscious as a believer. That you can know where you're going five or ten years from now. So you're going to see on the screen, and I hope you write them down, a couple questions. Big questions going into 2019 that I want you to current reality. Tell the truth about yourself. Or you can't go to where you're going. As we go, in a couple days, we're going to enter 2019. I need you to answer these questions. Number one, who will you be in your future? Oh, I feel it today. Who will you be in your future? Now, again, please don't get religious on me and me, me have to put God all over everything. We get so weird at church when we start talking about inspirational things. Okay, I am full of the Holy Ghost, all right? Spirit of God. 
If it makes you happy, I'll say, who will you be in your future with God in your life? But I shouldn't have to say that. Who will you be? Because we're going to teach in 2019. And we're going to pull out intrinsically everything that God made you to be. Also on Wednesday nights in the school, starting January the 16th or 17th, whatever date that is. Who will you be in your future? Number two, what do you look like in your future? Oh, Lord. Ask somebody, what do you look like in your future? You could say, what does your life look like? When I get ready to do the last, year, last message of 2019, next year, December, whatever that is, what will you look like? What will your life look like? Last question, what does your, Paul talks about that upward call. I press toward the prize of the upward call. What does your upward call, I didn't say downward call. What does your upward call look like in your future? We all know the scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans, God says, I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, and that's not talking about welfare the way we know it. Talking about living a life fully supplied, fully safe, fully God, not of evil. Plans for welfare and not for evil. God doesn't have plans for evil for you. And he says, I have plans to give you a future. There's that word. And a hope. Somebody say future goals. So I want you, did everybody get one of these? If you did not, raise your hand. Because we're going to have a, a moment of fun. Ushers, ushers. Would you help me? Raise your hand if you need one of these. Somebody say future goals. Come on, say future goals. We got several up front that came to church late all down here. <laughs> you that are watching online, pull out a sheet of paper. And I want you to write down future goals. Write down a goal and a B goal and a C goal. I'll explain here in a minute. An A level goal, a B level goal, and a C level goal. Not C goals that are at the beach. But it could be. Has everybody got one? All right, put that next slide up there for me. I believe it's the one I need. All right. So let's have a little fun just for a minute, and I'll finish this message because I want to get through it. I want you to write down one of each. And please participate. Please participate. You may not be able to write something down, but I want you to try. So what's an A-level goal? 
you already know how to do it. Write down something that's pretty, pretty cool that you know how to do without even almost having to think. Write that down under your A goal. Go ahead. Just something that's unique that you know how to do. That I mean, it's simple. I mean, it, it may not be something extraordinary. I know how to tie my shoes. Whatever it is, just write down a simple, it's something that you already know how to do. Then I want you to write down a B-level goal. You may have to engage more with your brain here. You think you can do it. You don't, you don't do it yet, but you're pretty positive you can do it. Just something. Some of y'all's wheels are turning. I like it. A lot of times we uh, set goals and we don't even know how to get there, which is a big mistake because it calls hope deferred. And you're depressed by the end of 2019. But you didn't make action steps of how to get there. So my thing is after we finish with this today, go home and you're going to put steps how to get there. Because you can set a goal, but if you don't know how you're getting there, you'll never get there. And please only take one step at a time. Don't try to jump to the stop at the top of the staircase. Is that all right? So a C-level goal. Now this one, wow. This is one that maybe nobody knows and you don't want anybody to know right now. It's what you really want to do, but honestly, it almost seems it's impossible that that would ever happen in my life. For me, um, one of those might be um, I really want to own a lot of property and take pastors in and minister to them and allow them to stay. I want to own a house like in Hawaii or um, in another country, a big house that sleeps about 20-something people, and I want to invite missionaries that give their life and pastors of small churches that give so much all their life and invite them and their wives and their families to come and go on vacation for free and I pay for it. That's, a C, that's one of my C-level goals. Now for me right now, that's impossible. But my future tells me it's not. So have you got a C-level goal written down? If not, it's all good. But I, I challenge you to do it when you get home. You see, for me, and please bear with me, I, I, I haven't done this. A C-level goal for me was when, for many, many years, I thought there was no way that I would be able to get healthy. And I asked God for years, God, please help me get healthy. And only my wife knows about that. Because I come from a very unhealthy family physically. And I really like Bojangles and Popeyes. And I really like double cheeseburgers. And I used to eat a, a, a Sonic chili cheese dog with a large chicken sandwich and a large fry and a blizzard and a Coke at the same time. And food was a god to me because my mind wasn't right. And so a C-level goal was me saying, God, and at the end of 2016, I found myself crying at the end of a driveway after I dropped my son off at a friend's house. And I just got out of the hospital in a lot of pain. 
and very unhealthy. And you can see from the picture, if you guys have it, I don't know if you have it, and many of you know this, God blessed me to lose a lot of weight. I didn't think there was no way possible because I had tried everything you can name. I am a diet guru. I even, I never revealed this, but I even did injections of women's hormones in my leg called HCG to lose weight. And I lost 50 pounds like in, I don't know, three, six weeks. But I starved myself. It's the most unhealthy thing in the world. But the most important thing was my mind wasn't changed. And you could starve a sin, but you're going right back to it till your mind is transformed. You'll say, I'm not going to lust, or I'm not going to look at this, or I'm not going to do this. And you'll starve that sin for like 30 days and be like, Ooh, I haven't done that sin. But you're going right back to it if this hasn't changed. So there must be a Romans 12 that takes place, a transformation of the mind. In everything, that's what God talks about in every area of our life. This is not just spiritual. It's physical. It's emotional. It's, it's mentally. It's, in all, it's even with your finances. So that was a C-level goal. And I cried to God, and I told God at the end of that driveway, if you'll send me an answer, I'll do my part. Because you've got to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. God is not going to show up and jerk you by the neck and make your C-level goal happen. Poof, there it is. God let my husband walk to the door January 1st. Knock on my door, and I'll know it's you. God's like, you got to talk to folk. You know, you got to cooperate with the Spirit of God, whether it's nutrition or whatever you do. And I had to covenant with God, and I, I remember praying so hard, Holy Spirit, you're the helper. I remember praying this so hard because I was on so much medication. Please help me. Please help me do this. Help me do reach this C-level goal that I don't think, honestly, I can do because I've done it so many times for 20 years. How many knows with the Holy Spirit you can reach your C-level goal? Who wrote down a C-level goal? Anybody? Man, I pray in the name of Jesus with your hand raised. In Jesus' name, that God causes that sea level goal to manifest. If you believe that, give him a praise. Come on. God is really beginning to show me things. And I'm not talking about me getting doctrinally out of order or anything. I'm talking about by the Spirit of God, and I believe he's going to enlarge some things for Christy and I with this. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, as a person thinks, so that's what you'll be. However you see yourself, trust me, that's who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, as a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. You could sit and confess all day long. And you could speak all the right things. But until you get your thinking right, that's lined up with the Word of God, come on, somebody. Listen to this, and please don't think I'm going off the deep end. Before I could reach my sea level goal of, of getting healthy in my life, and before that even manifested, I started May the 2nd, 2016. 
before that even started, I had to think and act as my future self. I had to think and act as I, as I would be 75 to 80 pounds lighter. I had to think and act as if I had already achieved that goal that it was very reachable with God. Not only that, you need to hear this, before I lost my weight, let me tell you what God did to me. I had to see my future self and I had to let my future self talk to me. I had to hear my future self talking to me, 70 pounds, five pounds lighter, to let me know how to do it. I had to let my future self tell me how to think and even how to get there by the Holy Spirit. Now, you may think that's crazy, but it's not. And that's not weird, and that's not New Age, that's Bible. I made a Facebook post about a month ago that basically asked, what would your present self, if you were able to go back and talk to your younger self 15 or 20 years ago, what would you tell yourself? If you could go back, I used to love the movie Back to the Future. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody love the old Back to the Future movies? If you were able to go, to go back to yourself 20 years younger, what would you tell yourself? Now, what's sad is some of you give, like, really generic answers because I saw it on Facebook, and I was like, that's what you would tell yourself? Are you kidding me? Isn't there something a lot more deeper that you would tell yourself to save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of struggles? What would you tell yourself? If you could go back 15 or 20 years. If you could hear your future self, what would your future self tell you? If you could live from the future and act in the now. What does that mean? If you know by the Spirit of God and you've got your mind right and healed, spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions healed by God, because a lot of believers have their spirit right, but their mind is messed up, and then their body's messed up, so they're living one-third of their optimal being. But if we get three-thirds of you in optimal being, your spirit, soul, and body, you'll kick the devil's rear end. The devil can't come and make you depressed every other week. Because when you know your future in God, you can live from the future and make changes in the now. Is this making any sense? Somebody say, live from the future. Act in the now. Now, if you decide to live in the drama triangle, you'll never live from the future. You're always living from the past.
I hope this is making sense. Too many people carry on conversations with their past. Too many people carry on dialogue with your past self. Your past self is always dominating your conversation of your life. We talk about that he's redeemed me from my past, yet we fellowship with it all the time. Is this making sense to anybody? Too many people are talking to their past self and not their future self. And talking to your past self only produces fear, anxiety, hesitation. And let me just get science here. It will also make you very sick and even cause disease and hormonal problems in your life. When you're always living in your past, it'll make you very sick. Much sickness that we're facing in America is because people have a toxic bloodstream of their past. They don't even know where they're going tomorrow, much less the future. Because that's how the enemy works. That's why many are sick among us. You see, listen to this. This is biblical. Job says it. Here's the deal. Either your fear will produce your future or your faith will produce your future. My goodness. The very thing that Job feared, the Bible says, I think it's Job 125 or 325, the very thing that Job feared came upon him. Did you know that fear works the same as faith? And this is why some people live in the drama triangle and, bef and they're always in drama and things bad are always happening to them because just like we, faith calls in the things of God, fear calls in the things of the devil. The principle is the same. Fear works just like faith. I know people that fear disease and guess what? They get it. Either your fear will produce your future or your faith. Somebody say, my faith will produce your future. If your faith, listen to this, if your faith leads your future, look down at your sea goal, your sea level goal. If your faith leads your future, that will come to pass. Oh, you don't believe it. I said, if your faith is leading you, your sea level goal will come to pass. Do you believe it? Let me ask you again. Are you aware of your future? Are you aware of your future? You'll see it on the screen. If you are not aware of your future, you will keep recycling your past over and over in your life. My goodness. Somebody say, uh-uh. Say no more. Say not this coming year. Say I'm not recycling. I'm not doing it. I'm not recycling my past. 
I'm not doing it. I am not going back around the mountain in 2019 in the name of Jesus. Everything that God has for me is for me in the name of Jesus. All his promises are yes and amen. And in the name of Jesus, I am letting go of my past. I am not going to recycle my past. I am moving into my future. I am going to live from my future. Come on, somebody say amen.